that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the breastplate of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with prayer and supplication to that end, alert with all, persever all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Amen. So today we're looking particularly at verse 15. And that says, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The readiness. I just uh, am so amazed at this fact that it says readiness. In other words, to me it speaks about being ready. In other words, having made some preparation, having planned. And I always say that that's what we need to do as far as, uh, as, far as uh, spreading the gospel is. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have a strategy. But I'm not going to be speaking about that so much today, but just, just, to, just to remind us that it is so important that we have a plan. It's no use. Uh, I hear the excuse from so many people that say, but Rob, you know, I, 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 I'm nice to the guy who sells me my newspaper. You know, go and pick up the newspaper. You know, I bless the guy and I try and get a word of the gospel in. Well, that's just your everyday living. What I'm talking about is making a special plan. You've got to have something particularly set up. You have got to have consulted God about, about it and spent time in prayer about it. So in other words, to go knowing that God is with you and that it's not just an everyday thing. Now, not everybody does evangelism evangelism like I do so I don't expect you to be like that but what I do expect you to do is to plan what you do do because that is important okay let's go to Isaiah chapter 52 Isaiah chapter 52 all of us know this very well especially uh, us that love Israel and the Jewish people, we love the scripture. 52, Isaiah 52. This scripture talks about Jesus and all that he suffered. I particularly want us to go down to verse 7. And it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. This is such an incredible scripture. It talks about our Lord Jesus Christ. But as we know that by some miracle, God has placed us 
in Christ and we are now the body of Christ. And so this scripture, I believe, is now fulfilled in us. We are now the ones who bring good news, who publish peace and bring the good news of happiness. We are the one who tell people about the salvation of the wonderful living God. Good news. If we want to know what the good news is, we must go to First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. It summarizes chapter First uh, Corinthians 15 summarizes the gospel. And I'm I'm, I'm very often asked, you know, Lord, uh, you know, Rob, what do we do? What do we tell people? How do we go about this evangelism? Well, we'll see later on in um, in First Corinthians 15 what it is. But the good news. You know, I always say that uh, God made me an offer I couldn't refuse. He pointed out my old life. He said, Rob, this is the reality. You are dead in your sin. He said that you're going to die and you're going to be separated me for, from me forever. But because of what my son Jesus did on the cross, if you repent of your sin and make Jesus Lord of your life, you can spend eternity in heaven with me. And I always say that is an offer I couldn't refuse. I just couldn't refuse it. And I'm so pleased that I made that because some of my friends did physically die. One of my friends committed murder is in, and, and uh, is in jail. But, you know, the thing is, is that God sent his son Jesus to come die for us. And that is the good news. The good news is that um, Jesus came to die for our sin. I was here on, on, on Friday mainly to do some work at the back, but also uh, Andy um, Knight came and interviewed me as part of his MIT um, project. And a young guy walked in off the street that was homeless. And, uh, you know, I've, I, you guys know my heart, and uh, I've got a heart for the homeless. And there was nothing I could offer him other than the gospel. And... Uh, he accepted it. He, he understood that, that he had to make, an, make a change. But when I offered him, could I pray with him, he said no. And you see, that's the thing. We can, we can tell people about the gospel. We can tell them the good news. But only God can change a man's heart. The Bible tells us, I think it's in, in John 17, that nobody comes to the Father unless the Son draw him, and nobody comes to the Son unless the Father reveal the Son to that person. So you see, it is so important. All our, our responsibility is very simple, is to present the gospel. Jesus will do the rest. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1. Again, the scripture, we'll, we'll have a look at its equivalent where it's quoted by Jesus himself in the, in, in, in the New Testament at the beginning of his ministry. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open the prison for those who are bound 
proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'll stop there. What an incredible prophecy about the Lord Jesus. And now if we go to Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4 and verse 18 and 19. chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 it would appear I've got it wrong is it Luke Luke there you are testing you guys somebody didn't fail Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 Jesus has come out of the wilderness and uh, he goes he, he, he goes to a synagogue on a Sabbath day and he unrolls the scroll of Isaiah and he finds this place where it is written, verse 18 the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight of the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I just think that is such an incredible thing for Jesus to start his ministry with. And again, I've got to remind us that we are now the body of Christ. So this now becomes our mission. That's our mission statement now. You see, Verse 19 says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I really believe that that's a jubilee year. You know what happens in the jubilee year? There is um, every, every seventh year, God gave the Israelites the, uh, the, the instruction that the land must lay fallow, the land must also have a Sabbath. And then after seven Sabbaths, that's 49 years, the, f- the 50th one, is a jubilee year and what happens there is that all the all all the jewish families were given a plot of land when they came into the promised land with with joshua and what happened on the on the jubilee year is that if a family had lost their land and they were in debt they were the land was returned to them and their debt was cancelled and you see that's exactly what, what Jesus came and did for me. Adam was placed in the Garden of Eden and he could walk and talk with, with, with God, but he lost it. Somehow, through sin, he lost it. And that's what Jesus has come. He's come and replaced. He's come and given me that which Adam had, that wonderful ability to walk and talk with God. A sinless, Adam was sinless when God made him. And now I'm sinless as far as God goes. Can you see why I'm saying that this is a, a year of jubilee and I'm tying this in to our, to our need to evangelize, our need to tell people? Because we are now the people that lead peop- uh, the unsaved into their year of jubilee when they will be restored to God the Father. Isn't that great? Restored to God the Father. I also read the scripture out of uh, Nahum 1.15. I'll just read it again. 
says, Behold, upon the mountains, the feet of him who bring good news and who publishes peace. And that's you and I, God. When we proclaim the gospel, that's exactly what we're doing. We're bringing good news to the world. What, what, what greater responsibility can we have? What greater responsibility when God has given us, he's equipped us with everything. The Bible says that he, he has given us everything that pertains to salvation. There's nothing more we need. We've just learned in Romans that we are more than conquerors. So if you go out there, you're more than a conqueror. I know sometimes we feel intimidated, we feel shy, we feel, oh, it's not for me. Well, let me tell you, it is for you. And you have been given. It's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, and quickens your mortal body. Let me tell you, I can quote scripture after scripture after scripture. There's no excuse for not being an evangelist, for not doing this work. There is no, risk, no excuse. Let's go to First Peter chapter five, uh, chapter five, verse eight. If I can find Peter, you know, sometimes we read things in the Scripture, and then we don't realize that God means it as, as, as a command. And this is one of those times when we read a scripture, sometimes we just read it, and uh, we say, well, that's a good scripture, but listen to what it says. Again, let's start from verse 6. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Verse 7, cast all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. Verse 8, yeah, is where the command comes. It says, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Be sober-minded and be watchful. So in other words, you are given a command to be sober. What does that mean? I don't think, I think, I don't think it's talking about us staying away from alcohol to be sober. I just believe that it's, it's, it, it's a following from that scripture that says work out your salvation with fear and trembling in other words we've got to understand our our position in christ what he has given us what he has made us we are ambassadors for the gospel understand that be watchful so in other words we've got to be looking out for that occasion that we can spread the good news we can tell some, somebody about the wonderful love of jesus I just think it's such a privilege. I don't understand why people want to shy away from, from preaching the gospel. I can't understand it. Once you've led somebody to the Lord and you see the change in their lives, it's exciting. How can we not do it? How can we neglect? Jesus, uh, Paul says, how can we neglect such a, a, a wonderful gospel? Really, guys, it's the only thing that can save somebody. Let me tell you now, celebrities aren't. Alcohol can't. Money can't. Possessions can't. The only thing that saves somebody, that is, brings them to a place of repentance and redemption is the blood of Jesus. 
And we have tasted that redemption. We know what it's like. I know what it's like. Once I was in darkness, I was dead. I was heading to hell. I was heading to hell. But Jesus came and turned me around and now I'm full of life and I'm going to spend eternity with him. And don't, isn't that what you want for everybody? Because you've tasted it. You've had a glimpse of it. You've had those times where you've just sat at Jesus' feet and just felt he put his loving arms around you. You've had those times, so you want to just tell everybody else about it. I'm telling you, there's just nothing greater, even if they reject it, just to verbalize that, that Jesus came and died for my sin because he loved me so much. You know, everywhere we look in the papers and in the news, there's just hatred and hatred and selfishness. It's just so great to be able to tell somebody about the love of God. The love of God. Not the God that beheads people. Not the God that wants to make slaves out of you. But the God that sets you free. Sets you free. Free to serve him. Free to love him. Free to serve one another. Isn't that a great message that we've got, guys? That's a great message. And I pray that we do not neglect it. We must have our feet shod with this gospel. In other words, wherever we go, no matter where we go, we've got to have our feet shod with the gospel. We've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared to be able to share the gospel. I just think it's so tremendous. I think it's such an incredible responsibility. I'm, I'm just so thrilled that God has taken me, a sinner, and he has equipped me because that's what he's done. He hasn't just given you the, the, um, the, uh, uh, the ministry. The Bible says in, in, in 1 Corinthians that he has made us all. He's given us all the gift of reconciliation. Isn't that great? You've been given the gift of reconciliation. You know what that means? It means he's given you the gift of how to preach the gospel. But he's not only just given you the gift. He's equipped you to do it. All of us have got the indwelling Holy Spirit, which is that equipment we need to do that. I just think this is such an incredible privilege, guys. We must not neglect it. And I made a note here while I was singing because um, something Phil and I were talking about and I, I mentioned about a guy that I used to, where, where I learned to play guitar was, was an Indian guy I used to go out on the streets with in, in, in Durban. And um, the one day people brought this lady to us and uh, she was blind from birth. And the people who brought her said that she was blind from birth. And we laid hands on her and my friend prayed for her. And she received her sight. She had been blind from birth. This is miracles that we saw in the Bible. I saw happening on the street. And I just think, you see, that's the, that's the part that's missing out of our lives. Because the word says that, m that signs and wonders must follow the preaching. And we, start, we must start looking for those signs and wonders. We must be bold enough to lay hands on people that haven't seen ever in their lives and ask the Lord to give them their sight. We must be bold enough to lay our hands on people riddled with cancer that medical science has written off and say, Lord, just restore this body. We need to be bold. Why? Because it's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead that dwells in us. 
and the Bible says that what, what we ask for, God will do. We get together and we say, Lord, because God is one, the Bible says we, that we are healed by, by his stripes. That's why he suffered that incredible beating, so that we could get healed and that people could get healed. So what we need to do is to exercise our faith. And if we don't have any faith to exercise, we must ask for more. Guys, I'm telling you now, we need to see miracles. And we need to, we need to trust the word of God. I believe we are going into a time when this will become an everyday thing. We are going into a time when as Christians we are going to be more and more marginalized. I listened to a guy by the name of, uh, um, um, what's, what's the Jewish guy we listened to? Avi Lipkin. And he's an American Jew that is now back in, in, in Israel. And he, he publicly states that the American home office um, say that if you're a Christian, you're a threat because you are, you are unstable. And you see, this is, this is coming from, from, from governments already. You know, we, we hear testimonies all the time. And Phil told, me about a test, uh, told us a testimony the other day where you can't even tell kids that you, 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 you know you love Jesus. You, you can't openly pray at schools. I work part-time for the Salvation Army Housing Association. This is the Salvation Army Housing Association. And you know that they will not allow me to pray for kids. You're not allowed to touch them. You've got to keep your distance. You know, there's some, there's some 16-year-olds there that all they need is a hug, a par parental hug. Just somebody hugging them and saying, listen, I love you. But you see, it's against the law. And I'm saying that we are being marginalized more and more as Christians. And the time is coming when we are going to have to step out in such faith. And I told you of the testimony of the young lady the, from, from Iran, Muslim, that became a Christian. She said she wants to go back to her home because Satan is singing the Western world a lullaby. You know, we need to stand up and be counted for Jesus, guys. Let me tell you now, and don't be scared for making a mistake. You make a mistake for Jesus. He knows that you're going to make mistakes. He's covered those mistakes with, 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 with his blood a long time ago. So let us be brave. Let's be, let's be real soldiers, onward Christian soldiers. I don't know if you remember that song. Onward Christian soldiers. That is why William Booth, set up the Salvation Army because he got that from, from the word, that we're an army. That is why we're putting on armor, because we're soldiers. And it is a spiritual battle. It is so important, guys, that we see this, really. And, and I know, Debbie and I, we, we've got no kids on our hands, and, 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 and we can. We can spend more time with Jesus and doing things for him. But, you know, we need to make time. We need to make time. And we, we are on a Thursday. We go out on a regular basis on a Thursday to do outreach. I wish we could do more. And uh, that is why I've got this um, 
This is an outreach. This is a, I, I use this as a teaching and an outreach. And we're honoring, and we're honoring the word by doing this. It is, everybody's had one, it's the Passover, I've, I've, I've emailed it to you. We go through the Seder and uh, it's great to see what God instructed them to do and how Jesus fits into that. Please guys, invite people to things like this, especially for people, you see, if, if I know who's saved and who's not saved and, and, and I'm free enough when I see two or three unsaved people to change what I'm doing, the emphasis on evangelism. If I see that there's all Christians and Christians that don't love Israel, I can then change the emphasis to a teaching. But we need to invite people. I'm free enough to either make it a teaching or, or a gospel message. But it's important. That's why we do these things. Because to get a guy to come to church on a Sunday morning, I know is difficult. Even if they trust you. To get somebody to come on a Sunday. But you say, come and have a meal with us. We're going to have a short message and we're going to have a nice meal and some fellowship and, and you can see that we are just normal people. We don't swing from the chandeliers and uh, we are we're just normal people that love the Lord Jesus that have been saved by him and changed by him. And, and there are people that know you're Christians so just make that invitation and make it every day. Make it every time. Oh no, he's refused me ten times. Don't worry about it. When he's refused you 1,001 times, then I'll say, okay, maybe the Lord is not interested in this man's life, but I know God is. That's why he died for us. It is so important. There is no other way. And I'm telling you that we need to pray for those signs and wonders to be following us. Signs and wonders to be following us. I just want us to go to Luke chapter 14 before we go to 1 Corinthians Luke chapter 14 from verse 12 No, sorry, it is from verse 15. When one of those who were reclining at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But then Jesus said to him, this is Jesus talking, he said, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servants say to those who had been invited come for everything is now ready but they be they all alike began to make excuses the first said to him I have bought a field and I must go and see it please have my excuses another said I have bought five yoke of oxen and I must go and examine them please have please have me excused and another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servants came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, 
quickly. Go out to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the cripple and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done and there is still room. And the master said to his servant, Go out on the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house might be full. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Quite an incredible parable, which I think is so apt for, for what we're talking about. And uh, obviously this banquet that Jesus is talking about is the marriage of, of the Lamb. It's, 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 it's the wedding feast. And uh, the Bible it's for everybody. Everybody is there to read it. Everybody is there, has got an invitation, but so many turn it down. And believe me, I've spoken to so many people that have turned it down. With the excuse, oh, not now. I don't. When I need Jesus, I'll, I'll think about it. When I need Jesus, I'm, I'm too busy now. I've got other things on my life. I don't need Jesus. I'm, I'm happy. So many people have told me that. But Jesus says that we must go Go quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the cripple and the blind and the lame. Guys, I'm, I'm one that, that God has placed um, a burden on my heart for those that are in need. And hence, bands and hence the food pantry. But you know, the need, that is just physical needs. Let me tell you now, there are people out there that are totally spiritually impoverished. They don't know anything about Jesus. I am amazed when I go out on the street because what I do is I give somebody a tract and I've got about a couple of seconds to get their attention and if they hesitate I say, has anybody ever told you about the gospel? And you know how many people say no? And I say, please have you got a couple of minutes? Let me just tell you about the gospel. And in in half a minute, I, I tell them about the gospel. And then I ask them if they've got any questions. But you see, that's the thing. There are so many people that have not heard the gospel. They've heard about Jesus. They know about Judgment Day. But they haven't heard the good news of the gospel. And it's our responsibility. You know, with the schools dumbing down education and dumbing down religious education and widening because you know it's good to widen the horizon and, and teach about Muslims and, 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 and Buddha and all these guys so that give them a choice Jesus never gave them a choice he said repent and that's what we need to do we need to get them to understand the gospel and that's the thing you see and it's, it's, it's my responsibility and it's your responsibility and together, we can carry the burden. I'm so pleased that I've got people in this church that are willing to come out with me on a Thursday. I'm so pleased. Because it is terrible to go out on your own. You feel exposed. Even although I, I love it, I, I just can't go on my own. But knowing that I've got somebody standing across the road doing exactly the same thing, they might not be standing right next to me, just gives me that, that encouragement. And that is why we need each other, guys. In this, we cannot do it on our own. Jesus sent the guys out two by two. 
Never sent anybody out on his own. Always with a partner. Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in. Compel. It's quite a strong word, compel. Not just gently invite them, but compel them. You have got to make your argument strong. Just like Jesus made me an offer I couldn't refuse, you've got to make the argument strong. Tell them about sin. Because how are they going to repent if they don't know about sin? Tell them about hell. I know these aren't popular words. How dare you call me a sinner? I've been told so many times. How dare you? How dare you say that if I don't repent, I'm going to go to hell? I say, it's not me, it's the word. You see, but people take it personally. And that's great because I know that the Holy Spirit is convicting them. Then they start taking it personally. But guys, we can go out with confidence because, that, because the Bible does say, the Bible does say that if you don't repent and you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are going to go to hell. There's no alternative. There's no reincarnation. There's no second chance after death. The Bible clearly states that it's appointed unto man once to die and there after judgment. We need to tell people this. And we must be compelling in our message. We must make it real. We must be excited. I, 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 there's very little I get so excited about as when I'm talking about my salvation. And let me tell you now, once you've told them the gospel, the good news, you tell them, What's happened to you? What happened to you? Where were you before God intervened in your life? And where are you now? And I love to add this. You know, none of us are looking for God. If we go back to Isaiah chapter 53, it says, it says there that none of us were looking for God, but God came and found us. And I know that for a fact in my own life. I wasn't looking for God. He broke into my life. Thank you, God, for breaking into my life. So, you know, we don't find Jesus. It's not so cute. We don't find Jesus. Jesus is the one who breaks into our lives and he saves us. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to, to, to 1 Corinthians quickly. I just want to read a couple of things out of there because it just, it just sorts out what the gospel is. Just tells you what to say. Start at verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. Verse 3, For I delivered to you as, the f as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died. Where did he start? He said, Christ died for my sins in accordance with the scripture. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that he appeared to uh, Cephas and then to the twelve. Then he happened then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, 
though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all their prophets. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me. You see how concise the gospel is that Paul preaches. You don't need hours and hours to preach the gospel. It's quite plain. Christ died for your sins in accordance to the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And then he appeared to people. Isn't that great? Because people think that Jesus is still in the grave. Well, he's not. He's a risen Lord. And please read the rest of Corinthians because it of, of Corinthians 15 because it is about our ability to to witness. We need to be prepared. We need to go out there prepared with the gospel, feet shod with, shod with the gospel, and we need to be prepared for it, brothers. I can't tell you how important it is that we are prepared to preach the gospel. And please take one of these tracts because it's just quite simply says, starts off by saying that we've all sinned and quotes Romans 3 verse 3. And then it quotes John 3.16, but God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die. And, a, and the proof of this amazing love. And then that God wants to help us. And just a short little testimony. This pamphlet was given to you by a sinner who has given their life to Jesus. Jesus is alive. And the only thing in the world we can trust. Jesus never changes. Hebrews 13 verse 8. Jesus will take away your old sinful life and give you his perfect life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus will never desert you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. If you do not have peace in your life and have not given your life to God, we would like to know and would like to know more about this wonderful salvation. Please contact us and give us your details. So it's very simple. And I'm just so pleased, you know, that the British people are so proper and, uh, and, and that they won't throw it on the ground. So once they've accepted it, I've seen it going into handbags, into shopping bags, into jacket pockets. And, and I'm just so thrilled with that because at some stage you're going to take it out and know, what did this man give me? And start reading and it's got, got a picture of Jesus on the cross. You know, please guys, we need to, we need to be active in spreading the gospel. I'm telling you now, there's no greater joy than to lead somebody to the Lord and then see him grow as a disciple. I just think it's just so, so wonderful. My, my testimony, other than having that lady um, see on the road uh, uh, at the market, we were, we were, uh, um, what do they call them? When we were helping people to their seats at the big stadium in Durban, the rugby stadium, there was an evangelist, I can't even remember his name, but we had a, a big sticker on, on us that said Usher. And at the end of this guy's talk, he was praying for people. And people were getting out of wheelchairs and, and, and there was incredible miracles. And uh, it was, I was only a young guy, yeah. 
But um, what happened was these guys were getting out of wheelchairs. People were, all sorts of miracles were happening. And this father had his eight-year-old uh, son on his shoulders. And his son had little shriveled legs. And this father came to me because I had my badge on. And he grabbed me by my shoulders and he shook me. He said, why isn't God healing my son? And I was just a young Christian. I didn't know what to answer him at that stage. But I know what I would have been able to answer him now. You see, the thing is, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And we just need to trust God. As Jenny's learning, you know, we can't dictate to God. Because he is sovereign. He is the one who will make the decisions. He will heal who he wants to heal and when he wants to heal them. The guy sitting at the pool for 38 years, Jesus, Jesus comes to him and says, what can I do for you? He says, Lord, I want to walk, but I can't get to the pool. Now he's been sitting there for 38 years. But God chooses to heal him. His testimony of healing is what we're talking about now. He never had anybody to carry him into the pool, but Jesus healed him in his time. Jesus knows. So, you know, guys, you might have a loved one you're praying for. You might have somebody that you would desperately want to be sa see saved. Uh, don't get impatient. It might take 38 years. But in God's time, when he's right, and that person is right, then he will get saved. Because I stand on the promise that was made to the jailer, the Ephesian jailer, I think it was the Ephesian jailer, and uh, Paul said, you and your whole household would get saved. I've been standing on that scripture. And I thank God for that. Guys, let me encourage you, please. We need to get involved this part of our armor we need our feet shod with a prepared gospel let's do it let's not just verbalize it I don't mind how you do it my way is to give out a tract there are 101 very very effective ways and I'm sure they're all here you guys must just do more of what you're doing that's all I'm asking do more of what you're doing because You've been called to do it. You must do it. You must compel them to come in. Amen. Thank you, Lord. How do I stop this? Okay. Father, we do thank you for your incredible salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you have partnered with us, that you have made us your ambassadors. Lord, it's in obedience that we come to this table. It's out of obedience. You said that we must do this as often as we can in remembrance of you. So, Lord, we're doing it. And, Father, I just pray that you would bring to mind our salvation and what you have done for us through what Jesus did. His obedience. We just thank you.